Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast. On primetime politics tonight, 751 unmarked graves discovered near the site of a former Indian residential school in Saskatchewan. Another tragic chapter, and Indigenous leaders warn there will be more to come. I'll speak with Chief Bobby Cameron about the discovery, the impact and next steps, and we'll also get reaction from Canada's Minister of Indigenous Services to the calls on the federal government to accelerate the reconciliation process. And our panel of political commentators will join me to discuss the discovery of those unmarked graves, the end of the parliamentary sitting, and the growing likelihood of a fall vote. But we'll begin tonight with the discovery of hundreds of unmarked burial sites at the former Maryvale Indian Residential School in Saskatchewan. The school operated from 1899 to 1997. The graves were discovered by the uh, Cowessus First Nation using ground-penetrating radar on the site, 140 kilometres east of Regina. First Nations leaders say the radar detected as many as 751 grave sites and that they are likely the graves of children and adults. All we ask of all of you listening is that you stand by us as we heal and we get stronger and that we all must put down our ignorance and accidental racism of not addressing the truth that this country has with Indigenous people. We are not asking for pity but we are asking for understanding. We need time to heal, and this country must stand by us. Bobby Cameron is the chief of the Federation of Sovereign Indian Nations, which represents First Nations in Saskatchewan. And uh, Chief Cameron, first of all, thanks for taking time to speak with me today. And uh, please accept my condolences to you and the people you represent. This is another difficult day, and I should point out that uh, we're going to display phone numbers during our conversation here for people who uh, feel they may need support because of the news that we are getting today. Uh, Chief Cameron, we heard from Chief DeLorme today that there was once markers at this grave site, uh, but that they were removed in the 1960s. 60s, that it's being treated as a crime scene for the removal of those markers. And I guess I want to start there. Was there once a record of the people buried there, or are they completely unknown? You see, that's where there's serious miscommunication from the Catholic Church of Canada and obviously the government of the day. They tried to sweep this under the rug. They tried to hide this. And as far as those information and those records, we will never know. Okay, so you, do you believe the Catholic Church uh, and, and perhaps whoever uh, else might have been involved with the Catholic Church removed those markers uh, willingly and knowingly uh, to try and um, hide this location and hide the fact that more than 700 First Nations children and adults were buried there? That's what you think happened? Well, for sure. I mean, our survivors have been telling us that for decades. They're trying to hide this. They're trying to keep it away from the the public of Canada, and for that matter, for on, on the world scene. They don't want this to uh, to get out there, but it is here now, and we intend to to do our best to to fix it, rectify it, and for our survivors and descendants, that healing journey continue for each and every one of them. 
What do we know about the people buried there? Well, we can only speculate uh, how many children. The fact of the matter is there are some adults, as Chief Cadmus had mentioned. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're also looking at other sites. There are we are going to find more. And what we're doing as an organization is, is, is this. Is, uh, we're going to go the distance. And we're going to do our very best to find, find as much as uh, those unmarked graves as possible. Because our survivors and descendants deserve the proper closure and deserve to, con deserve to continue to heal. Uh, you touched on it. Saskatchewan had, had some 20, uh, 20 residential schools. And um, how many of those grounds do you expect will be searched for unmarked burial sites? And <clears throat> what do you believe will be found? Well, if the direction and uh, the requests come from our First Nation communities to uh, go to certain sites, we're going to go. Uh, we're not going to deny, deny anybody. It is our intention to not exclude anybody. It is our intention to, uh, to hear and get direction from the survivors and descendants uh, of these sites. We don't call them residential school sites. Mm -hmm. For many of our survivors, they were... They were institutions of torture, abuse, and death. You, you compared them today, in fact, to, uh, to concentration camps and, and that these findings uh, demand accountability uh, from the Catholic Church in particular. What do you want? Well, we would say this, that this was an act of crime against humanity. It was an assault on many First Nation boys and girls. We are proud people. We are very proud people. We're humble people. If anything, that the governments, the Pope, and everybody else will, will finally listen and act on the direction of our survivors and descendants and our leadership right across the country. The best solutions are right at the First Nation level. Tell me more about that, uh, the response uh, and the financial support uh, from the federal and provincial governments to fund these searches. Provinces uh, are stepping up uh, to pay uh, uh, towards these uh, searches, but is it your feeling that, uh, that there's enough engagement, that enough is being done at this point? Yeah, well, we'll say this. It's, a, it's certainly a great start and has kick-started many, uh, many of the work continuing right at these school sites. Uh, many survivors are are giving us good direction. Our knowledge keepers are having proper ceremonies and protocols. These are all part of the whole process. And there are going to be sites that are going to begin the ground penetrating work as soon as possible. And we yet, will find more. We just ask for a lot of prayers. You, uh, I mean, there is a there is a context to this, uh, and a. Uh, and a recent history to this. I mean, these stories, these uh, communications uh, from First Nations elders and uh, people who had, who had memories of, of these residential schools brought this to the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which asked uh, for more funding to be able to begin that search um, five and six years ago, but the government of the mm -hmm. day said no to it. Um, how does that make you feel now that the truth is, is, the truth is being known? <clears throat> Yeah, it, it took this to to finally open the eyes of all levels of government and and uh, the general public of this country and the world. It took these findings and uh, to finally 
understand what our survivors have been saying for several decades. People believe now. Now it's time for action. The healing process. The direction and guidance from our survivors and descendants is of the utmost priority here. Uh, you, you just said that uh, people now know and, and people believe. Um, what do you want, um, what would you like from those of us who are not First Nations uh, in terms of um, a response to these discoveries and um, you know, the, the, res the response you get from non-First Nations Canadians about how to, uh, how to move forward? Yeah, what, what, we, what we will say is uh, certainly the prayers that are rendered for, for our survivors and descendants and our First Nation communities, we, uh, we request those. We request uh, support from all of our allies to, to understand where First Nations are coming from, to take the direction from our survivors and descendants, to help, to help with that healing journey that's so crucial right now because it has triggered a lot of emotions right across First Nation communities across this country. Chief Cameron, uh, thank you so much for your time on, a, as I say, a very difficult day. I appreciate you uh, giving us your perspective uh, this evening and yeah. uh, we'll continue to follow the story and, and I hope we get a chance to talk again soon. And once again, my condolences. Yeah. I'd like to say this on a lasting note. Yes, I, sir. I feel it's important. We're tr we try to put our ourselves in the eyes and the bodies of these children in the ground that have been discovered. And a small voice whispers from a First Nation child, they found us. They found us. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Chief Cameron. Take care. Well, the Prime Minister issued a statement today reacting to the discovery. He expressed his sadness and went on to say, The hurt and the trauma that you feel is Canada's responsibility to bear, and the government will continue to provide Indigenous communities across the country with the funding and resources they need to bring these terrible wrongs to light. While we cannot bring back those who were lost, we can and we will tell the truth of these injustices, and we will forever honour their memory. The findings in Maryvale and Kamloops are part of a larger tragedy. They are a shameful reminder of the systemic racism, discrimination and injustice that Indigenous peoples have faced and continue to face in this country. And together we must acknowledge this truth, learn from our past and walk the shared path of reconciliation so we can build a better future. Well, Mark Miller is Canada's Minister of Indigenous Services. He joins me now. Uh, Minister Miller, thanks for your time tonight. I do appreciate it. Hi, Peter. Look, uh, let's start there. What's, what's your reaction to the discovery of uh, what appears to be as many as 751 uh, bodies in, in unmarked graves near this former residential school in Saskatchewan? Well, it, Peter, it's, it is devastating that we have been working with Chief Delorme and his community for some weeks now. We, we did know that this was breaking it was really the it wasn't the place of the federal government obviously to get ahead of this it was really that of the, the community to speak out so out of respect for chief delorme and the survivors and the members of the community not we were not uh, speaking publicly about it but we were supporting it we, i guess prepared is one word i don't think anyone can be prepared emotionally for um for what we've what we are reading over the last mm -hmm. days and weeks for these um 
for the communities in Kamloops, it's three weeks is, seems like a day, and, and, and that certainly probably will be the case for the people of, of Calais. So 751 is, 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 is an enormous number. Um, it's something that the Truth and Reconciliation Report alluded to, but um, this is something that um, I think cuts you cuts you right at the, at the heart and um, hard really to put that into words. Yeah, and it's, you know, uh, uh, for these communities, uh, it, it is, um, it, it's, a, it's a grieving process. It's a terrible experience. It's also uh, motivation to, to press for more action. And, you know, the Prime Minister's statement today said this is now Canada's responsibility to bear. What does that mean in practical terms beyond uh, the $27 million dollars uh, 33 in total that the government has set aside for these kinds of gravesite searches. Uh, does it mean turning over documents? Does it mean taking the Catholic Church to court if you have to, to get documents? What does it mean in practical terms? Well, it, it means a lot of things and certainly a number of things that we that, that have yet to be identified. There is no community that is prepared for this type of tragedy and protocols in place that need to be, be put. First and foremost, we have to allow those communities that, to, to take the space they need to do what they need to do to respect their survivors and and deal with those that are, are getting triggered and traumatized as well as um, successive generations that are perhaps seeing this for the first time. Um, the, the federal government, Canada, is in a very difficult position. It is in part responsible for this um, and, 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 and needs to account for it. It has indeed accounted for it, but we need to stand back, give the space for those communities to do what they need to do. It isn't a place of Canada to investigate these things. We're essentially asking the perpetrator yeah. to investigate it's but, but right. there are now some, um, some now some very direct asks here uh we heard them again today yeah, from, and, and, and which is turnover documents uh that we still don't have about these uh, grave sites and these burial grounds and uh you know uh, get action from the, the catholic church to turn over their documents well, well that's absolutely right peter and there is no one single repository for all these documents it'll have to be a multi-pronged approach whether it's uh looking at our own archival system whether it's uh, continuing to push the Catholic Church individ individual parishes to, to, to surrender their documents. This is a truth-gathering information and ultimately an accountability and closure uh, operation, but it is one that, um, that that we will be there for communities as they need. They need to be able to establish their protocols, and there are different approaches that they are taking, but the Canadian government has said clearly, we know that $27 million will not be enough. Um, there are many communities that want to do a number of other things, whether it's health and mental support, whether it's closing down airspace, whether it's supplying the expertise of the armed forces or assisting them in, in, in archival searches, will be there for them. I, I recently spoke to a community in one of the New Chalmers Tribal Council areas that, that wants to do a demolition of one of the, the, the buildings that still remains there. We'll help them with that, um, but this will be a, a much longer process. Um, we know that those communities that have been doing it have been doing it for some time. Uh, but there is a longer arc to this that we have to respect, right. and it's one that has to be done with the, with the federal government supporting and not uh, being uh, the front-looking face of this. Uh, Chief Cameron, a conversation earlier in our program, uh, said to me, he described this as, as genocide and crimes against humanity. Uh, do you agree with that characterization? Well, Peter, quite clearly, the Prime Minister has said in his response to the final report of murderedness of Indigenous women and girls that he acknowledged the finding, which was genocide. And the residential school system was a, was a clear constituent element of that. Um, so we, uh, the evidence now is getting much clearer even than what the TRC set forth. Mm -hmm. um, but we will, we will, we will again uh, continue to, to recognize this as it is and as the Prime Minister has recognized. 
and move on with those communities that are seeing old seeing old wounds being reopened um, ultimately for for, for better closure. Let me ask you about uh, an, another story that is in the news today involving one of your cabinet colleagues, the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, Carolyn Bennett, uh, publicly apologizing today after sending a text message to former cabinet colleague, uh, Indigenous MP Jody Wilson-Raybould. Um, she's been urging the Prime Minister to stop jockeying for, for an election, as she puts it, and focus on delivering uh, change for uh, Indigenous rights legislation, transformative change. And uh, Minister Bennett uh, responded in a tweet with one word, pension, question mark, implying that Wilson-Raybould doesn't want an election because it, uh, if it happens before October, she won't qualify for a parliamentary pension. Uh, uh, you've probably followed this. Jody Wilson-Raybould called that sexist and racist, reflecting a notion that Indigenous people are lazy and just want money. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, clearly what... Dr. Bennett wrote was unacceptable. Um, I think she is would be the first to recognize that and, and is mortified by that. Um, I have immense respect for Dr. Bennett and the former Attorney General and Minister of Justice, Jody Wilson-Raybould. I've had the occasion to work with both uh, and I have that respect for them. I know there was an interpersonal dynamic between them that was uh, challenging, um, but it doesn't justify that type of, of wording. And I think the first to regret that right now so bitterly is, is, uh, is Dr. Bennett. I know as well at the same time that Dr. Bennett has put decades and decades of personal and professional work into reconciliation. So I think out of respect for Dr. Bennett, um, we should allow her to speak for herself to the words that she expressed. Yeah, as a, as a fellow minister on the Indigenous file, do you think that complicates her ability to do the job? It doesn't help. It doesn't help. Um, but um, I think, again, um, Minister Bennett is someone who has spent, and communities have recognized this, that decades and decades of work into into reconciliation at, at a personal level and had dedicated a, a good chunk of her professional career. So again, she's mortified okay. by, by this, um, regrets it bitterly, and I think out of respect for uh, Dr. Bennett, we should allow her to, to speak to it himself. All right, Mr. M uh, Minister Miller, uh, Mark Miller, thanks for your timing in tonight, Minister, and we'll talk again soon. Take care. Thank you, Peter. I want to welcome our panel of uh, political commentators now. Susan Smith is a liberal commentator. Tim Powers is a conservative commentator. And Anne McGrath is an NDP commentator, uh, national director of the NDP. Good to see you all. Thanks for being here. Um, Susan, let me start with you. Earlier in the program, I spoke with Chief Bobby Cameron about the discovery of 751 bodies in the unmarked uh, grave near the site of a former Indian residential school. And we talked about... Um, what role that uh, non-First Nations Canadians can play? And I, let's start there. H how do you think the discovery of these bodies is changing Canadians and changing politicians? Well, I hope it does, first of all. It's it's devastating. Um, I, like, I, I was had a sick feeling in my stomach. I'm a parent. I'm someone who might have been part of a 60s scoop. And I hope people are thinking about it that way. I think we've long known, whether we acknowledged it or not, that uh, children died, many children died at the residential schools. But the fact that these numbers are now being really quantified is hopefully going to hit home even more for people. Hopefully, will expand the energy and effort that both governments, politicians, and ordinary Canadians make in in the whole reconciliation process. Hopefully, it will end some of the grumbling when money has to be spent. Hopefully, it will improve the outreach between ordinary people and their uh, First Nations right. and Indigenous uh, neighbours. Tim, Tim, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, certainly Canadians are, are uh, you know, um, 
you know, more aware now. It's, 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 nobody can avoid what's taking place in this country. Now. And what do you think that means? Well, I, I didn't get a chance to hear what Susan said there, but uh, I, I don't think this is a, a, a partisan issue by any stretch of the imagination. It's a Canadian citizen issue. It's a Canadian issue. It's one we all need to pay attention to. Uh, Peter, uh, how can you not be affected uh, when you hear uh, again the story of, uh, of of a grave site coming to uh, coming to the fore? Seven hundred fifty-one individuals. I, we have to embrace this difficult discussion about our past and help it guide us toward the future. And I would hope it doesn't become too political as we head into. Uh, head into an election season. By that, I mean it, should, it absolutely should be debated and parties should talk about what their policies uh, for addressing reconciliation should be, but it shouldn't be used to stoke further racism, inflame more fear. It needs to be a yeah. tough, honest discussion that we all have. All right. What are your thoughts, Anne? Well, you asked what non-Indigenous Canadians can do, and I think it's pretty clear that, that one of the things that we're hearing is is you know, uh, press our, our elected uh, our elected politicians, our government, the federal government, to implement all of the calls to action of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Six of those were particularly uh, around the issue of burial sites and commemoration, um, uh, and, and those can be Those should all be implemented. It was promised. I, re I remember that campaign uh, in 2015 where uh, Justin Trudeau said that he would implement all of them and that hasn't been done. They need to all be implemented. And also, you know, uh, I think this is not just about history, it is about our present. And presently, I think what we can do is, pr again, press our federal government to stop fighting Indigenous kids in court so that they can have access to equal education, the implementation of Jordan's principle, um, you know, the, get rid of the boil water advisories on the, on the First Nations where they still exist. There's mm. a lot to be done. Right. Stop fighting residential school survivors in court. Um, you know, I, I really think that there's it's a there long list. Yeah. Things that can be done. Yeah, there are immediate things that can be done, and okay. there a lot of words will be spoken over the next few days. And I think everybody is feeling that that gut punch that that that, that, that uh, Susan mentioned. But there are things that have to be done right now because it is our present; it's not our history. Mm. Susan, look, the, uh, you know, the timing's bad on this for the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, Carolyn Bennett, publicly apologizing today after sending a text message to former Cabinet colleague and Indigenous MP Jody Wilson-Raybould. Wilson-Raybould's been urging the Prime Minister to stop jockeying for an election and focus instead on delivering uh, transformative Indigenous rights legislation. Uh, Bennett responded to that tweet with one word, pension, implying Wilson-Raybould doesn't want an election because if it happens before October, she won't qualify for a parliamentary pension. Uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould called that sexist and racist, and it reflects uh, the notion that Indigenous people are lazy. So all of this happening on this day when we're talking about this discovery in Saskatchewan. What's your reaction to that? Well, it was a private exchange between two individuals who don't like each other very much. Uh, I think there's a history between the two women. And Carolyn Bennett has apologized. Uh, she said that it. Uh, she apologized in a public tweet for the private tweet saying that uh, she let her you know personal opinion get in the way um jody wilson raybould interpreted the tweet from carolyn bennett one way uh, i'm pretty sure that's not how carolyn bennett intended it but it's unfortunate that a, a spat like that and that's what it is is a spat 
uh, came to light okay. Tim, today Tim, is in a, is the context a, of the discovery. Is an apology enough, Tim, from, uh, from Carolyn Bennett? I think Carolyn Bennett's going to find that it's not enough. I, look, yeah, I agree it was a private exchange, but what does it say about Carolyn Bennett's judgment? First of all, as Susan rightly points out, there is a, a history of uh, discord between them. Uh, why would she re why would she respond in, in any manner to Jody Wilson-Raybould or or, a, or look to irritate or agitate Jody Wilson-Raybould? Why would she do that right now? And why would she throw in the word pension? There's a lot of questions about judgment. And I guess when you're looking at the Minister of Crown Indigenous Relations, you want to see somebody who can step above pettiness, who's not going to step into the mud of pettiness and personal vindiction, because is it not her job to lead on lar in large measure about reconciliation? So this is going to be a tough one. Um, the, the defense will be the spat, as, as Susan outlined it there, but I think it goes beyond okay. all of this. And there will certainly be many Canadians who view what Jody Wilson-Rabel said and interpreted Carolyn Bennett's message to be as legitimate. And I don't think that's a good thing for Carolyn Bennett right now and a good thing for the Liberal Party right now with the sad stories of all these graves coming to light. Okay, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Ann? Well, quite frankly, I, when I saw it, it took my breath away. I, I just thought it was repulsive. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's good that she apologized right away. I don't know if that's going to be enough. I think I, I agree with Tim. I don't think it will be enough. Um, uh, you know, and that combined with the way that she's been handling the files that are that are in her ministry, uh, particularly around, uh, uh, you know, Indigenous issues like to, and, and the response to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Certainly when she's been talking about the issues around, uh, um, uh, you know, finding the, uh, the, the graves and, and, and the burial sites, uh, her responses sound so uh, rehearsed and memorized and wrote to me. Uh, and, and then, you know, the mask slips and you see what she's, you know, it, it just looked like she went from kind of parroting lines to uh, an honest reaction that, that was repulsive. Okay, let, let me, we, and very quick answers here if I can, 30 seconds or so each. But Tim, I want to go to you here. A new poll from Abacus Data, which is uh, part of your firm, shows the Liberals have widened the lead over the Conservatives to 10 points now, 37 to 27, 18% for the NDP. If we're going to have a fall election, how does Aaron O'Toole close that gap? And I know it's asking a lot to tell me in 30 seconds, but uh, do your best. <laughs> I don't have a freaking clue, Peter, but I think things will tighten up. As how's that for honesty? You're the most honest answer you'll get today. Uh, I think things will tighten up as we get closer to the election. I think he's going to focus on. All right, I, I know everybody's happy and relieved that they're getting their vaccines and the like, but you know what? We need to think about the future. We need to think about economic management. We need to be mindful of the liberal record. And on all those fronts, the Liberals are left wanting. Whether he can make that argument in a, a short time frame is to be determined. All right, Susan, uh, is the table set now for a fall vote? And how does the Prime Minister justify calling an election? I think the table is set for a fall vote. The polling numbers are looking in that direction. And the Prime Minister, I think, will try to justify it two ways. He'll, he'll try to say Parliament isn't working. We didn't get as much through as we wanted to. But more importantly, I think what you'll hear more is about we need a mandate on the recovery agenda. We put forward this budget. We want to hear from Canadians what you think. 
about the direction for COVID recovery. Okay. In terms of the Conservatives, they need to put the same kind of thing in the window. And I, the only thing, the only way I think Aaron O'Toole will go up is if Justin Trudeau stumbles. Uh, and uh, Jagmeet Singh keeps insisting we don't need an election, that Parliament is working. But I'm, uh, I know you're ready as the national director of the party for a, for a snap election when it comes. Uh, what will it be about? Well, I, I think that one of the things, at least prior to the election, is it is looking somewhat inevitable, and which is unfortunate because there is still time left in the mandate. And there are things that they promised in the budget and the throne speech that I think are good things. And, and uh, it's going to look like they didn't mean it. You know, like they, they said that they wanted to do childcare again, and it won't get done. We have said uh, all the way along, we're ready to work hard on those things and get them done. So I think that that'll be one question for sure is why have an election now and it does look okay. cynical and manipulative and uh, i think that there will be a price to pay for that uh we'll see uh, thank you all for your time tonight uh, i know we'll talk again take care bye now thanks peter bye and that is all the time we have for this edition of primetime politics i'm peter van dusen from all of us here at cpac thanks for watching until next time